When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, along with Kyle Madsen, who is a producer for 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. Also hosts the Candlestick Chronicles podcast. We are Blue Wire Brothers. We are on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. So it is great to have you, Kyle. What's going on, man? Not, not a lot. Trying to stay out of the heat as much as possible. I live about an hour east of San Francisco, and we're in the 105 range over these next few days so staying inside a lot yeah that okay that's a good idea well we kind (laughs) of had that a little bit earlier uh in the summer people don't understand that for about four to six weeks it is absolutely insanely hot intolerably hot in minnesota everyone thinks it's just cold all that's a stunner for me i learned that right now the, you, the Midwest, it's the Midwest. Like Minneapolis is not Canada, it's Midwest. So it's like not that far away from Chicago. It's the same kind of deal. It's not, I mean, it's a little different than like St. Louis, but you still right. get that crazy humidity, insane heat. It just doesn't last that long. So your 49ers who are here are mm-hmm. probably thrilled because it was like 78 when they practiced today. So it's a very nice situation. We're going to talk a little bit about that, about the joint practices, but mostly uh, leading up to this preseason game, I have some kind of things and hypotheticals um, that I, I want to run by you, which starts with actually the quarterback situation. So I got to look at Trey Lance today and no surprise, the man is very physically gifted. I don't know that he is uh, a finished product or anywhere close to that. I don't think that anybody is saying that with the 49ers, but I couldn't help but think about how much Kyle Shanahan wanted Kirk Cousins. And so it's like Jimmy Garoppolo didn't make the trip because think how awkward that would be. Like the other quarterbacks out there, your coach loves that guy and your coach loves that guy, but he doesn't love you despite the fact that they went to the Super Bowl and the (laughs) NFC Championship. Like what a strange situation for Jimmy Garoppolo to be in, even though he was not in Minnesota, but kind of odd that like Kirk Cousins and Trey Lance couldn't be much different from each other. One Mm -hmm. is small by quarterback standards and cannot run fast at all. And the other one is a physical freak. It's it's remarkable to think about. Yeah, I think the 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 misnomer with Cousins and Shanahan and Shanahan talked about this in the lead up to the draft because there were all the Mac Jones rumors, right? And whether they were substantiated or not, I don't know if we'll ever know. But there were the Mac Jones rumors, and and somebody referred to to Kirk Cousins as Kyle Shanahan's ideal quarterback. And he kind of pushed back on that and was like, that's not my archetype quarterback. I just think Kirk Cousins is a player that you can win with the same way. Jimmy Garoppolo is a player that you can win with. 
And the difference is Trey Lance, they're hoping, again, I, I agree with you, maybe not right now and maybe not even next year, but down the road, he's a quarterback that like you will win with. He is going to be in that Josh Allen, this is their hope, that he's in that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady category where it's like, man, that team has that quarterback, they're going to the playoffs. And I don't think Jimmy is necessarily that. I don't think Kirk Cousins is necessarily that. But in 2018, when it looked like that, because in 2017, the 49ers had had um, Brian Hoyer and then they drafted CJ Beathard. So their plan was to get through 2017 and then he was going to get Kirk Cousins in 2018 and build a roster around Kirk Cousins. So, which, I mean, when you see, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of the mind that Kirk Cousins is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a lot of people who are 49er fans that'll push back on that. But I, I think he's better, and I think the 49ers might actually have gotten over the hump had they had Cousins with this team, but that's a different conversation. Um, then Jimmy Garoppolo became available for them late in 2017, and not only did they acquire him for a second-round pick, but he goes 5-0 and in his five starts and looked really good doing it. And so it became, okay, there's the quarterback that they can win with now. I don't think it was ever like Kirk Cousins or Bust or like they begrudgingly made – Jimmy Garoppolo, the highest paid quarterback in the league or highest paid quarterback ever to that point. Um, so I, I think a lot of the cousin stuff gets a little bit overblown with Kyle Shanahan, but that was definitely a thing. Like they, they passed up Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes in 2017 and Mitchell Trubisky, if you want to go that far, because the plan was Kirk Cousins that offseason. It's, um, it's really interesting though, because with cousins, the Shanahan family like loves him specifically because they drafted him. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. so in Washington and it took a lot of heat for it. Like, why are you drafting this guy when you just drafted RG three? Yeah. What are you doing? And then he had to kind of fight to overcome that in Washington and never exactly did. Cause he didn't get them deep in the playoffs. They didn't win a whole lot. And also it seemed like still Daniel Snyder wanted RG3 to work out when it didn't, he wasn't going to stick with Kirk Cousins. It is funny though, because I think if you ask like a hundred Vikings fans, who's better Garoppolo or Cousins, they'll say, well, Garoppolo's won a lot more. So probably him. And if Mm -hmm. you ask 49ers fans, they'll say, well, Cousins is more accurate and has better numbers. So it's probably him. And both fan bases have their reasons. I would probably lean toward Jimmy G a little bit myself, but the health issue is very serious. Like mm-hmm. like Garoppolo, I think does some things that Cousins doesn't. And one of them is like have some leadership capabilities, maybe a little more gutsiness to his game. But then if you're if you have a guy that you know misses whatever, like two seasons basically in a row, right. and then plays yet or last year almost completely hurt and then has a cap hit of $27 million for this year. Like that doesn't add up very well, even if you like him. And with Cousins, like there's the physical limitations that exist, does not have the biggest arm, doesn't have the the speed or anything like that. But I could see where a Kyle Shanahan would be like, if I just push those right buttons, and I think Kyle Shanahan has every reason to believe in himself when it comes to this based on his past history. Like he's one of these guys, there are very few of them, but he's one of these guys who just elevates everybody around him. The only problem with the whole theory, though, is that Cousins has also had a lot of those guys in his career. Sean McVay, mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski, Gary Kubiak. So I, I, I do think about a lot as San Francisco is here, like this could have been Kirk coming to town to have this practice. Yeah, and I, I would be fascinated to know the timeline or what, what it looks like if the Niners had signed Cousins in 18 
instead of Garoppolo because I think their record's probably better. I mean, you talked about his the durability has been better. They're probably not drafting high enough in the draft to pick a quarterback. So it would be really interesting to see how that goes. I was all I was on board with Cousins being better than Garoppolo. I was just like, that's just a thing. If you you replace uh, Garoppolo with Cousins, the Niners are going to be better. But then I watched Cousins at Levi Stadium last year, and the Niners' defense is good. Like, don't don't get me wrong, but there were just three or four plays in that game, and and I'm up in the press box, so you get the all twenty two view, and there were three or four plays in that game. We had receivers like giving up on routes before the throw got there because it, it like there's one where Justin Jefferson's wide open and he's standing there, he's got his hands up, and then he drops his hands and he slumps his shoulders as the throw like skips into him in the end zone. And it's just they're they're I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. I like being able to like have empirical data to prove things and not just like vibes. <laughs> but just the the vibe with Kirk Cousins is so much different than it is with Garoppolo, where Garoppolo can make five of those throws. And his teammates are like, hey, he's going to get the next one. And oftentimes he did. And that's why they'd wind up winning these games. They had no business winning with him at quarterback. So I, it's it's a fascinating, like, sliding doors moment in NFL history, that Garoppolo trade and then one, what ended up happening with Cousins. Why did the Vikings – I'm going to ask you a question because this was baffling to out here because the Niners were like, hey, they hit a ceiling with Garoppolo bring in Trey Lance, go the opposite direction, like big, fast, big arm, little inaccurate. We'll figure it out. Meanwhile, the Vikings are paying Kirk cousins more money to continue being their quarterback. <laughs> why? Yeah, well, why? So, <laughs> so here's something I ran across though. So I, I wrote a little column about like, remember those Kirk to San Francisco rumors, but I wasn't referring to 2018. There were rumors in 2020 that yeah. San Francisco would be interested in chasing cousins if the vikings didn't extend him and because he won the playoff game in new orleans they decided to extend him and try to run it back but the problem is the roster fell apart and uh, i mean as it does like you run into this no matter who you are like even sure. uh even eventually the bill walsh dynasty comes apart when the players get old right mm -hmm. this is one of bill belichick's long hacks is anybody who started to look old you just threw him in the dumpster and got somebody else the vikings did not do that they signed all of their older players to big extensions. They kind of had a super top-heavy roster. And when a lot of those players left, they had no replacements. They didn't hit on draft picks. They didn't develop players particularly well or didn't find the randomness in that, like UDFAs who become great or late-round sure. draft picks or whatever it might be. And yet they didn't want to kind of admit failure with Cousins. So they just said, like, well, let's just let's just bring it back. Let's try to patchwork this defense together and make it work. And then when it didn't for the last two years, then it was, well, you know, Mike Zimmer created, talk about vibes, created some pretty bad vibes around here. And, and the veteran players were like, yeah, it was the vibes, not me. <laughs> and then, so they said again, but also another part of this too, is that they didn't have a Trey Lance to draft. If there was a Trey Lance to draft in this draft, I can almost guarantee you that the Vikings would have someone else at quarterback and not Kirk Cousins. Hmm. But like the rest of the league, and even Kenny Pickett's pretty questionable as a first-round pick. Yeah. Like, what is that What is that going to be? Like a Paxton Lynch thing? I don't know. I mean, maybe not, but it's just not an impressive – it's not a Trey Lance. It's not right. somebody that you're talking about. Like, best-case scenario, Kenny Pickett is Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolute best case. Sure. So instead of taking best-case scenario Jimmy Garoppolo, they were just like, 
This is our only option. We might as well try to win. So that's kind of how it ends up happening is they were always trying to justify signing him. So even though all of the things were in the cards to not extend him the first time in 2020, they did anyway because they didn't want to throw up the white flag on that. And the GM was already on the hot seat. So you can't be like, oh yeah, that huge quarterback signing we made. Whoops. Didn't work out. Hate to see it, especially after a playoff win to then be like, oh no, that was the peak folks. But if you were doing it with complete job security, I even wrote an article about it. If you were doing with a, with complete job security, they would have moved on at that moment, just totally rebuilt. And they have refused over the years to rebuild. And thus we still have Kirk Cousins as the quarterback. How's Kellen Mond look? We still have Kirk Cousins as the quarterback <laughs> and no one else. There, there were there was a contingent of I don't want to say contingent, a faction. Faction's the word I'm looking There's for. There's a faction. I know this what you're saying. Faction of 49ers fan that was like, what if they traded up to three to draft Kyle Pitts and then they'll draft Kellen Mond in the second round? And I'm like, or they could not do that. Yeah. I was out, I've been I was out on Kellen Mond from the jump. I didn't think he was very good. Well, and part of that was that there were like draft Twitter people who were pushing the Kellen Mond thing. It's kind of wild. It was like, I don't really get it. And neither did the league. Like, I just don't really see it. I mean, when a guy has like four years starting and never shows any high end, like, well, this is kind of it. But the thing that's funny about this is when they drafted Kellen Mond, Rick Spielman compared him to Teddy Bridgewater, who's everyone's favorite son here, and was Mike Zimmer's like favorite player of all time and everything else. And so it was like, hmm, let's see. They're saying he's more mobile. Kirk isn't. More physically gifted. He's kind of got leadership like Teddy Bridgewater. is like, wink, wink. Are you guys taking shots at Kirk or what? So it's it's always been this very weird relationship because they've continued to go back to Kirk but also like consistently showed that they weren't signed into him for long-term a one-year right. extension this time and have never really like fully supported him. The coach absolutely didn't. It's one of the reasons he's not here and they never gave him anything longer than a couple of years. So it's been, it has been the downright kind of bizarre. And then even then, like they haven't, they signed no one this year on offense. They d- decided not to draft Jamison Williams. It was like, they never, went out and even got that extra player in free agency. It was like always rebuilding the defense. The whole thing is kind of odd. It's fascinating. It Kirk really Cousins is. career, just like earnings, like his contracts are incredible. Oh, I mean his, his agent. I've called him God. mass call of famer. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's got agent on the show. So, the, okay. So here's a question though, because I think what people want from Kevin O'Connell is to be like, you know, like Shanahan was to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So you're the offensive genius. You come from McVay, McVay, dial stuff up and go to the Super Bowl or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it about Shanahan as someone who watches him all the time, the whole career there in San Francisco? Like, what is it about him that allows those offenses to be as effective as they are that possibly O'Connell can take away and use on Kirk? The biggest thing that Kyle Shanahan does well, A, you have to have good players, and I think the Vikings do. In fact, I I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Vikings three of Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook, and if you want to throw Madison in there, you, you can, is is better than Ayuk, Samuel, and, and Mitchell if you're just doing two wide receivers and a running back. I don't, I don't think that's that crazy of a stretch. So the thing that Kyle Shanahan does is Everything is multiple. Like he can run the same formation 
are the same personnel grouping. A lot of 21. It's a lot of two running backs, one tight end. But Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, can play fullback. He can play inline tight end. He can split out wide. He can play from the slot. You have George Kittle who can line up in line, who can line up in the slot. Um, in an ideal world, the running back would be able to do the same. That's why they paid Jarek McKinnon all that money, and that didn't work out because of his knee injury. But that's that's the ideal. They can They can run 21 personnel and run six different formations out of it and run the same play out of those six different formations and then go back to it, but run something completely different. And it's just, it's matchup nightmares. It's, it's locating a linebacker or two linebackers. They can't move or can't cover getting those guys in space against Debo Samuel and Brandon. Ayuk and George Kittle and going to work. And that's, that's where you get Jimmy Garoppolo being 29th and a dot and first in yards per attempt, you know, like uh, his depth of target is not great, but it's a talented players like Debo Samuel is just an immensely talented player, but he also gets a lot of room where he's just by himself. A lot of George Kittle routes where he's just by himself with, with all kinds of space. So that's, that's the big thing is, is figuring out ways to manipulate defenses with personnel outside of just like play action. Like play action is one thing, but you have to be able to go play action in a way that's going to give Justin Jefferson. And I know teams aren't just letting Jeff, Justin Jefferson run wide open, but getting Justin Jefferson in advantageous spots where oh, a linebacker's on him or a safety's on him. That's that's the big thing that Kyle Shanahan does, I think, better than anyone is he gets those numbers advantages in the run game where it's it's six blocking five. And that's why I think. Trey Lance can can really work out because it makes it easier to gain those advantages. And then and then like I said, isolating a couple of players on defense and creating mismatches with them. And I think that I think the Vikings have the personnel to do it. I don't know what I, I, I'm admittedly not up on the Vikings tight end depth chart, but that's that's the big that's the key cog is George Kittle and just his ability to a run block like crazy and be one of the best run blocking tight ends in the league while also being one of the most effective pass catching tight ends in the league. Like he had a down year last year and had 910 yards and a career high and six touchdowns. So um, it, it's something, it, it has a lot to do with personnel, but I, I, I think utilizing, utilizing that personnel is, is key. <laughs> That's not what I was trying to say. Uh, figuring out how to best utilize that personnel uh, against whatever the defense is doing is is what Kyle Shannon's really good at that I'm not sure other people are able to really replicate. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Yeah, and everyone always says the same stuff. Like we're trying to make the run look like the pass, and mm-hmm. we are, you know, trying to get playmakers in space. And like none of this stuff is new. I mean, like Kevin O'Connell is coming in, and I I don't blame him for this. He didn't listen to press conferences of Gary Kubiak or Clint Kubiak mm-hmm. or Kevin Stefanski saying a lot of the same stuff. And like right. and, and and I mean Gary is like uh, that's that's that whole tree with Shanahan and Shanahan mm-hmm. worked for Gary back in the day and so th- these guys they're doing a lot of the same stuff and what I I always think that one of the one of the coaches for the Vikings Pat Shermer who's sort of the same like West Coast and that kind of thing mm-hmm. he used to say like it's the players and not the plays and I think it's like some of the some of the plays but George Kittle and Debo Samuel are absolutely special. And Irv Smith Jr. has just not been healthy enough to really prove that he can be. I think that there's potential there, but he's not George Kittle. He's not going to be mm-hmm. able to block like him. He's not as powerful of a runner after the catch as him. I don't think he's as fast or as strong as him. Like that's a that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, can you get Justin Jefferson in enough space to make big plays. Of course you can. The other coaches Mm -hmm. did too. The guys had one of the best starts to his career, but where, where's the edge, I guess is what I'm thinking about with this Vikings offense. It's like, where can you get the edge of what the guys did before you? And I'm not sure that we know the answer yet, but I think it is probably just being a little sharper when it comes to some of the things you're talking about. One of the things, this is what I was trying to articulate earlier and I, I, I couldn't figure out how to do it. Nick Wagner at ESPN, he covers the 49ers for ESPN, wrote a really, really good piece about Shanahan's upbringing as a, as a, as a coach and how he started on that John Gruden Buccaneers staff. And he would just go sit in defensive meeting rooms. And his understanding of defensive rules and principles mm-hmm. and being able to manipulate those to, to get, get a linebacker where he, he knows that that linebacker is going to go to this spot and then fill that gap that the linebacker leaves. Like it's just an understanding of football that I I think requires like that upbringing. Like in in 2004, he was there in defensive meeting rooms, just learning everything he could about defensive football before he was ever even an offensive position coach. He's quality control with Tampa Bay, so that's that's one of the big one of the big things I think that goes overlooked a little bit with Shanahan is just his ability to manipulate defenses based on what he knows the defense wants to do on a particular player, a particular action. And, and he takes advantage of that pretty regularly. One of the ones, one of the games that stands out to me and it was my like huzzah moment with Kyle Shanahan is week seven. I think of the 2019 season, they played Carolina at Levi stadium. And Luke Keekley looked like he'd never played football. And he was he was spinning. And it was and Luke Keekley's an incredible linebacker, like defensive player of the year caliber linebacker, just looked like he had no idea. And that was when it was like, oh, I get like I get why this works now. And that's that's he's adaptable to his personnel and and he has a personnel now where it's power running game and then and then throwing off of that. Yeah, that's so interesting uh, because I had the same sort of feeling about, I mean, you know, you saw it with Atlanta, but Matt Ryan is also at that time a great quarterback still before Mm -hmm. he totally fell off the side of a cliff and I'm not convinced will be great again. Uh, But, you know, so you're like, okay, it's Shanahan, but he's also got this like borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay, you know, he's taking him to another level, but still like that's that quarterback. 2018, the opener, Vikings and 49ers, the same thing you just described happened to Eric Hendricks, and I had the same thought. 
where it was like, this never happens to Eric Hendricks. He is one mm-hmm. of the absolute best. But then Jimmy Garoppolo missed a wide open George Kittle in the end zone. It was like, well, that's why that's not going to work. But there is another part of this, though. And this is going to be the very interesting thing between O'Connell and Cousins is that Jimmy would throw it like J- Jimmy, even with the first read, he would just be like, I don't know. The guy didn't get open, but screw right it. I'm going to throw it to him yeah. anyway. <laughs> and it would actually work out kind of a lot. Sometimes not, but cousins is not like that. And what we've seen already in camp, the only issue the offense is having is where cousins has thrown a lot of picks because I think he's having trouble adapting to like Kevin O'Connell wanting him to throw it anyway. Like, even if it's not quite there, he wants to kind of go to the check down or go to whatever. And O'Connell's like, no, you got to be Matt Stafford. You got to gun it in there. You got to be Jimmy G. Like, isn't Matt Stafford just like a more gifted Jimmy G? Like, you yeah, got yeah. to be Kinda. that. But, but that's not Kirk, though. But that's like, it's like the wrong comparison. Like, Jimmy G and Kirk are middling quarterbacks, so they rank 14th and 15th. But that doesn't mean that they're the same guy. Sure, yeah. That's And that's, I guess they they counteract each other a little bit like jimmy is probably a little bit too reckless and kirk is probably a little too conservative um and i think i think that's the that's what made and broke jimmy is man you go watch week 18 against the rams last year and it it is it is spectacular he brings him back and he has this fourth quarter drive at the end of the game he was he was incredible, and you go watch um, their 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 overtime against the Bengals. He was he was remarkable in in that. But then you go watch um, got a lot of examples last year. The Titans game. He's just missing open guys, and and he has Kyle Juszczyk wide open down the sideline and airmails him for for what should have been a touchdown. And it's like, man, the 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 urgency that he played with, it was like, slow down sometimes, man. Like you don't, you don't have to uncork every throw like right away. Just, um, but on the other hand, I'm guessing, like you said, the Vikings would rather Kirk cousins be that way. Whereas Niner fans sometimes are like, dang, Jim, like the linebacker was right there the whole time. The the interception he threw in the, in the divisional round against the Vikings a couple years ago. Kendrick's just dropping into a spot and Jimmy throwing it into his chest. Like the throw was never there. Don't, don't let that rip, man. Yep. And, and in that same game, I remember, and it may have been like a little bit tipped uh, the pass, but there was this absolutely absurd throw that he never should have made that turned out to be a huge big time throw on a third down where I I was like right above it in the press box. And it's a great view in that press box. Mm -hmm. Also elite food, by the way. And very uh, good food selection. The best, the best I've had. Uh, But uh, no one cares about that. So, (laughs) but like you could see, you could see the receiver coming across the field and you're like, there's a lot of Vikings there. And he just lets it loose. And you're watching the ball going, is this going to get picked off for like pick six? And it just barely makes it in there for a huge first down. Even if it was like a little tipped or whatever, the guy makes a catch. It's like, Sometimes you just got to do that, but I've described Jimmy and Kirk this way. And this is what makes them similar in my mind. You can tell me if you agree is that if you go on the road to cover a game and you're in your hotel and say it's hot out. So you want to turn on the AC in a hotel. You can never get it the right temperature. Like whatever it says on the thing, (laughs) it's like 74. Then you're like, ah, I'm so hot. Like 73, I'm freezing. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like that's those two quarterbacks where you're like, Kirk, why don't you just throw it? Oh no. 
<laughs> like, yeah, no, no strip sack. Like, no, but then you're like, you know, so, so you end up with, and even statistically, they're sort of on weird ends of the spectrum too, where mm-hmm. cousins has this crazy high completion percentage, but he doesn't take the risks. And then Jimmy has too many picks, but he takes the risks that succeed. And it's like, how do you ever get this quite right? And you could see where, and this is where San Francisco and Minnesota, oh, I just hit my mic. Sorry. They go to opposite directions. So if you're hearing this, I'm pointing one arm in one way and another in another. Okay. So they go in opposite directions as San Francisco said, we ain't paying for that. And the Vikings said, run it back. And that's the difference. And yeah. I think if it doesn't work this year, the Vikings should be very jealous of a team that said, we're, we're not, we're not paying for that. Yeah. And I think the Niners just kind of looked at, this is not a Kyle Madsen original thought, but I, I completely agree with it. The turning point for Shanahan and the 49ers was 2020 when they played the Bills. I think it might have been on Monday Night Football. Maybe Sunday night. Doesn't matter. I remember the they game. Played, yep. They played the, the Bills yep. and it was in Arizona because of COVID and Santa Clara County had shut down and no contact sports. So they had to play in Arizona. And Josh Allen turned that into a seven on seven passing league. And the Niners just had no answers. And even though Nick Bosa was hurt, the Niners still had a pretty good defense and it just didn't matter because Josh Allen was too good. And Patrick Mahomes, of course, flipping the switch in the Super Bowl against what was arguably the best defense in the league that year, just kind of turned it on at the end. Like, hey, that quarterback's going to make two or three plays in this game that are going to that are going to hurt. So I think those were the kind of two two turning points. And I think I think that's a great analogy, the hotel uh, air conditioning, because. Jimmy's going to give you, and I think Cousins the same way, because I, I have a host at the radio station I work at who knows that Cousins just kind of gets under Niner fan skin a little bit. And so he's just decided he's a huge Kirk Cousins guy. And so every time Cousins has a good game, he's like, that's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. And it's like, yeah, but half the games he's not. And that's Garoppolo. Half the game, not maybe not even half the games. It's like, half the quarters because him it's a quarter by quarter basis, man. It's like half the quarters. He is awesome. And it's like, wow, this offense is unstoppable. And then half the quarters, it's like, they might want to put in Nick Mullins like that. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of where it got. And you're right in, in the modern NFL, you can't, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you can continue paying for that and expect to win on a, on a consistent basis. You know, the Niners had an excellent defense in 2019. And like I said, push come to shove, it didn't matter because their quarterback couldn't make a play. Last year, they had a very good defense playing at a high level, going into LA, fourth quarter lead, didn't matter. Matthew Stafford made plays. Garoppolo had two shots. The Rams tied it at 17. Garoppolo comes out, they go three and out. And uh, Rams go ahead and Garoppolo comes in and and they throw a pick and it's game over. You think he went one for six for negative six yards on the last two drives. And if you can't put the ball in your quarterback's hands at the end of a game, like, why are you paying him? That's, that's, that's the whole point. (laughs) I mean, it's sort of like um, both of them are better than Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz on a rookie contract with a team that's built up around him and always like everything in the NFL with timelines and quarterback situations always circles back to this point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, the Browns and their Deshaun Watson thing is uh, questionable on a lot of different levels, but it's not questionable on the idea that if you are choosing between which quarterback to pay, 
one in Deshaun Watson that has a chance to be elite year in and year out, assuming that he just goes back to being the normal Deshaun Watson. That's a quarterback you pay versus Baker Mayfield, who is like right in the same party with Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo, Spider-Man memeing each other like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're all the same. (laughs) It's like Baker Mayfield can win a lot of games on a rookie contract with a really stacked team. Mm -hmm. And, And then the thing with Cousins is that he hasn't just always been paid. He's always been elitely paid like this year. Mm-hmm. He's got the third highest cap hit like at any That's point wild, yeah, at any point since he signed the first franchise tag, he has been one of the most expensive quarterbacks in the league. They haven't even been able to do one of those mega extensions where you're like, that's weird. Tom Brady's making $12 yeah. this year, <laughs> but 45 million in cash. How does right. that like, how does he count for 1 million right. on the cap? Like they've never really been a position to do that in part because they've paid a lot of other people too. Um, So now here's my question for you then with Lance, one of the reasons that I love it, that they went for it. um, And a lot of people wanted them to go with fields. I don't ever pretend to have any idea who's going to succeed for quarterbacks, you know, watch the college guys and watch QB school. I'm sure everybody watched that on YouTube and watch JT O'Sullivan talk about 49ers legend. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't take, I don't take my guesses. My guess is this. It's always good to draft a quarterback high because you never know. You you never know that Josh Allen's going to be what he's going to be or Patrick Mahomes versus Trubisky who's drafted higher or Lamar Jackson or like got, you know, all sorts of guys who are drafted way later mm-hmm. than elite quarterback or, or, or bust quarterbacks at the top and the later guys become elite. Who knows? But I love it from the perspective of getting a physical freak, trying to mold him like clay during his rookie quarterback contract. And then try to hit that moment in his second or third year where you just get your shot. Because most of the time, most of the time, even with great teams, it's like one or two shots, even Mm -hmm. like think about Wilson, like two shots at it. You probably get one or two shots a decade, even with great teams, unless you have Mahomes. So you got to take advantage of it. And I feel like they, this year want to show that that's there. And then the next year they kind of become like the bills with Josh Allen. If he hits I just like that strategy, even if it's a little risky. Yeah, you got to do something at at some point. I think they knew they hit a ceiling with with Garoppolo, and and they were in a really unique position because they had Garoppolo get hurt in twenty twenty, and they went. What did they go that year? Six and ten, five and eleven. I forget exactly what they went, but they were picking twelve. So they were a team a year removed from the Super Bowl with the assets to trade up to number three in the draft with largely the same kind of core. It was still Bosa, Kittle, Warner, Samuel. And so they trade up to number three in the draft and had the, had the advantage of not needing to start that quarterback right away. It wasn't a Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence situation where that quarterback had to play. So they could take a, a raw quarterback with a big skill set knowing that he was going to marinate in 2021. Like there was never, Jimmy Garoppolo is never going to not start last year. And it, then he gets a full season. He gets scout team reps. He gets two starts. He played a half against the Seahawks when Garoppolo got hurt. So he got 10 NFL quarters. And then he gets a full off season. Like you're going to work on these things. Here's the playbook. Know this. He worked out with Brandon Ayuk all off season. Um, and, and, and you're right. Like they now have him on his rookie contract with a roster where, you know, we hear all the time about how the Rams ro- roster is loaded and, and, and it is, but the 49ers are paying George Kittle 
These are all guys who are top three in their position. It's George Kittle. It's uh, Trent Williams. It's Debo Samuel. Debo's not top three, but but he's he's highly paid. Um, it's Fred Warner. Um, they have they are they are a very very good team, and then they have some other really good pieces around. They paid Trevarius Ward, the the cornerback, and they're able to do this because they do have Lance on that rookie deal. And I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's less about this year, even though. Lance may struggle out of the gate a little bit, but I, I I really think that if he improves the way he did between week five and 17 last year by getting more reps, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that by week 11 or 12, it's kind of like, like, oh, shoot, like this is what they want it to be. Like he is figuring it out. And so they might go eight and nine or seven and 10 this year, but they win their last three games and Lance looks awesome. And it's, you know, sky's the limit in 23. And that's, that's, if I'm betting, that's kind of how I think the season's going to go a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Shannon make it work before with Robert Griffin, the third on a, on a team that, you know, wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't as good as, as the 49ers are. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see it, but I'm with you. They had to take a shot because running a back back with Garoppolo was not going to uh, bear the fruit. I think that, that they needed it to. Okay. I have two more things for you. One of them, what I've been asking all my guests because it's been such a quiet off season for the Vikings is the hot, the Vikings hot take challenge. I'm going to ask you that in just a second, just just a second, but I'm going to give you a hot take. I think San Francisco can win 11 uh, because I think that that second year, even for a raw quarterback, especially a running quarterback, that we almost don't appreciate the addition of scrambling and what that does for winning. And like we saw it with Jalen Hurts, who threw the ball okay, but not well. And mm-hmm. yet, and and he's not as good of a scrambler as Trey Lance is, I don't think. Uh, at least, um, yeah, at least ballpark. I mean, he's good. He's good. He's a good scrambler. Sure. But uh, Lance can do more with his arm, for sure, I think. Mm-hmm. I think think that that I think it's going to go well for them. I mean, I look at this team watching them practice. I see a ton of talent, mm-hmm. uh, a team that was in the NFC championship last year and adds a more dynamic quarterback. That's kind of, that's maybe 11 is not even a hot take. Why don't I even go 12? I'll go 12. I think San Francisco wow. is going to have a great year. And, it, and part of the reason is because the NFC is just not that impressive. So you go, eh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't think Arizona will be that great. Um, you know, there's, there's, I think that the Rams will have some slip in their game. So I think that I think San Francisco has a a good chance to be very good. That's my 49ers hot take. The challenge is simply, can you come up with a Vikings hot take? Like what is the Vikings hot take since uh, no one has passed so far? The most we got was maybe like a six out of 10. God, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't, because of Kirk cousins, I don't think about the Vikings that much. Um, I just, I think they kind of are what they are. Like, huh. <laughs> um, let's see if I, that I could give you a hot take, but I, I wouldn't be able to like support it. You have to kind of believe, you know? It, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think I have one for you. I would have, I, I would have done some digging and tried to, and tried to think of one, but off the top of my head, I know this is not good podcast material, but I don't really have one. And it's because of Kirk Cousins. All have yeah. failed. All have <laughs> failed. Uh, Eric Edholm of NFL.com was on 
And he was like, okay, I got one. I think the Vikings will be really good this year. And 30 seconds later, he's like, maybe nine and eight. It's like, well, that's not really good then. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait a minute. Because he went like, if this goes right, but then they probably don't have that. You still have Kirk and maybe this. And then it's like, they could go nine and eight. Like that's, nope, you failed. Uh, and uh, had- Mike, Mike Renner said the edge rushers will be good if they're healthy. It's like, well, yeah, they should be. <laughs> yeah. We had a guy call into our radio station last year and he's like, it's just a, just a random like sports talk radio caller. And he goes, he goes, I think they'll win between seven and 10 games this year. Bold. Thanks. (laughs) Wow. Crushed it. Every (laughs) team, every team. Between seven and 10, seven and 10 dubs. They'll either miss the playoffs or make it. Now, yes, now when I used to have a similar job to yours in uh, Sports Talk Radio, uh, there were some hot takes there. Those those people would pass the hot take challenge, particularly when it has to do with backup quarterbacks. Then then we we do pretty well there. 60 is too high. 31.6% of 49er fans, almost a third, want Jimmy Garoppolo to stay as the backup quarterback. That's what I mean. The, the what the, the, the talk radio caller, they do not fail the hot take challenge. No, no, they don't. Okay. So here, speaking of challenges, one more for you. So I was doing a little 49ers research and uh, the 49ers have two of my favorite players of all time, Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens. Wow. And uh, since Terrell Owens left in 2003, I want you to name as many players as you can in the top 10 in receiving since Terrell Owens left for the San Francisco 49ers. So 2003 was his final year in San Francisco, 2004 to present the top 10 49ers in receptions in reception, single season or total, uh, a total, total receptions. Okay. Um, this is going to be fun. I love stuff like this. Okay. So 04 to 21 Anquan Bolden's got to be in there. Uh, Anquan Bolden is fifth, correct? Okay, so Anquan's five. Um, did let's see who is around? Is George Kittle on the list yet? Uh, George Kittle is fourth, which shows you okay. like, how, what I this list this. is made of. Like the George great. Kittle is already fourth. Okay. Um, did Michael Crabtree make it on? Michael it Crabtree is number two with three hundred and forty-seven oh catches. With 347. Okay, so I'm I'm digging deep right now into those. Uh Vernon Davis. Vernon, Vernon Davis, Davis has got to be number yes. one. Far and away number one with 441 from 2006 to 2015. A long time 49ers. Wow. So you've got three yeah. of the top four in reception. Um Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Anquan Bolton's in there, George Kittle. Who's number three? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give you a hint here. I'm gonna give okay. you a hint. Not all of the 10 are wide receivers or tight ends. Yeah, no, that's what I was. I, I was wondering, like, like Frank Gore was there for most of the time. Is Frank Gore on the list? Frank Gore is number three. Wow. <laughs> With okay, 342. So, okay, this is going to be fun. Okay, now we're on. Here's where so it we gets, got the top five. It gets pretty hot. Um, Let's see. I know I'm missing like a like a super obvious one. You are missing a current super it, obvious one. Yes. Is it did is Debo in the top ten already? Debo is in the top ten. Oh He's seventh. God. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Devo seventh. This that's, is why I love this. But somebody, wild. so you don't have number six, and you have to you have to go back a little ways. Go back a little ways to maybe I think you and I are similar age. So try like uh, if you maybe around your college years or something like that. Around my college years. I mean, this name came up and I went, you've got to be kidding me with this guy. being in So the top. we're like, were you an 08 high school grad? Uh, I was 04. So we're, so we're like ballpark. Okay. So college year. So this is, so this has got to be like early. So I'm like, man. Um, so wide receiver, I'm guessing. Yeah. Is it a wide receiver? It is. Yep. This guy had uh, 178 catches between 04 and 09. Oh my God. Oh, four to Oh nine. Oh, who is a wide receiver? Who's with the team that long? I'm not even sure Vikings fans will have heard of this oh. guy. No, it's is Brandon Lloyd on the list. It is not Brandon Lloyd. No, it is not. He's not in the top 10 though. He's 15th. Oh, boo. That's I'm going to have to tell you this one. This is yeah. Arnaz battle. Oh, dude. Brutal. <laughs> Dang, yeah, Arnez Battle was was the man for sure. Did is Eric Johnson in there? A tight end. Uh, Eric Johnson, also a great guitar player named Eric Johnson, is thirteenth. Oh. Uh, mm, mm. uh, Antonio Bryant. Antonio Bryant is also not there, and I'm not even sure where he is on the list. <laughs> I think he was only with the team for one or two years. So you have, okay, give me, you have give me a, the, a guy, a guy who recently left. A guy who recently left. This is going to make you laugh too. This is this list is so wonderful. Brandon Ayuk is twelfth, by the way. Like this shows you like how this. Yeah, this shows you like where this list is at. Um, I may just have to give it to you. Uh, but you have Carlos Hyde. Uh, no, that's a good guess though. He's fourteenth. You have Kendrick Bourne. And then Kyle Uscheck, and and I'll give you one shot at the other one. Oh eight to two thousand eleven had his moment. 08 to 11. So he was on the team when they went to the NFC championship and it wasn't Michael Crabtree. Is it Mario Manningham? It's no, not. it was, no, it's not no, Josh no, 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 Morgan. Josh. Oh, Josh Morgan. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize he was an 08 draft pick. Dang. Some other I, great names. I have a, I have a Josh Morgan take. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Good thing. This is 44 minutes in. Yeah. Um, Josh Morgan take. He broke his leg in a 44 to three win, I think over the Buccaneers in 2011. And it was uh, Colin Kaepernick had come in to, for mop up duty and Josh Gordon broke his leg. And that's the reason I think the 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl that year because they just didn't have another wide receiver to replace it. Not Randy Moss. Uh, Yeah. Not like a good version of Randy Moss. Dude, uh, I'm not trying. Uh, no, just know. some other names to take you down uh, memory lane here. You have Delaney Walker. What a blocker, Delaney Walker. De- Delaney Delaney's career. Delaney Walker underrated, awesome career. Uh, he has like two halves. He was very good blocker for the 49ers, and then went on to have like a Pro Bowl caliber uh, receiving career with the uh, with the Titans. Shout out to right. So he was 11th. You have a Marquise Goodwin mixed in here, the fastest man. I have ever seen in my life. Marquis Goodwin. Uh, you have Garrett Selleck, Isaac Bruce. That Isaac Bruce is in the top 20 on this list yeah, with another Bruce, a fullback, Bruce Miller. 
Bruce Miller, yeah, uh, got arrested for beating the crap out of an old dude at uh, oh. Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah, not good. Not yeah. good. Converted that's defensive that, end. That's not that's not how a fullback should handle himself. No. Uh, but what a list it is. Since uh... that's <laughs> since amazing. That was that was great. Arnez battles is an incredible pull. He was really the reason I wanted to do it. So uh, by legend. the way, you you should file follow Kyle on Twitter uh, at Kyle A Madsen and uh, like. Um, Mark Madsen. Not quite. No, not quite. Uh, Ryan Madsen. Oh, the pitcher. You're looking for an athlete. Yeah. The only MLB player to ever have my last name. And he played for my favorite team, the Oakland A's. Oh, I used to find. So there was a Lou Collier. So I would play video games with Lou Collier, even though he's a horrible utility backup infielder, just Mm -hmm. because the announcer would be like up to the plate Collier. And I'd be like, close enough. (laughs) That's actually what I thought your last name was. Uh, until you reached out about this podcast and I realized that that is not your last name. It's a very common mistake. Uh, I don't know why it's not to tell you the truth. I've never <laughs> looked into it. So that's where we'll end. Uh, but this was terrific, Kyle. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Candlestick Chronicles is the podcast. If you are interested in 49ers takes about Arnaz battle and so forth. And uh, very happy to have you on the show though. This was fun. I would say of all the preseason preview podcasts ever done this is uh one of the best if not the best wow that's that's big time i appreciate that a lot i I like to leave a guest with a compliment yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks kyle thanks everybody for listening we'll catch you next time